So today I am here with Kay Solo. Am I pronouncing that right? Yep. Okay, perfect. So I stumbled upon your website, um, WordPress, actually, I was looking at kind of I wanted to learn more about chronic pain conditions and kind of more patient stories and people's more experiences with that. So I stumbled upon that on WordPress and I stumbled upon your article um, explaining your experience uh, with chronic fatigue syndrome. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about how you got that diagnosis and what kind of meant to you when you got that kind of that initial moment when you figured out you had it. Sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so this kind of happened in two stages looking back. Um, I actually started feeling this around like late middle school, early high school, and it affected me to the point where I had to drop out of all the sports and like extracurriculars that I was doing. Um, but for me, I, I kind of felt like I was the frog in a slowly boiling pot of water. Like it was happening so slowly that I, I didn't even realize it. Um, it was much more noticeable when I went back to college to get my first degree. This was in about 2015 uh, because then some things started happening. Like there was a, a language event at school and I physically collapsed on the sidewalk on my way back to my car. Um, I was having more severe dizzy spells. I had to rest very often. There was one quarter where I basically missed the whole last month and a half of all my classes. So that was much more noticeable. And at the time I was working, I was going to school full-time, I was volunteering and I had to basically quit all of that. So that was, yeah, that was much more impactful. And even once I started pursuing this, it took several years to get a diagnosis and getting a diagnosis itself was kind of underwhelming like it, it helped to the point where I could point to something and say, see, I'm not crazy. Or I could give it to the school and they could offer some accommodations. But apart from that, it didn't, it didn't really help too much because there are, there are no treatments for this. There are no cures for this. So it was basically something that I could use, um, like to justify it to myself or to get some help from others. But that was really about it. Yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm also curious as to how kind of you got this diagnosis. What was your experience like in the healthcare setting? Because I know that I've heard a lot of cases about kind of doctors dismissing this idea of chronic pain and maybe not really being the most helpful. So I was wondering kind of what was your experience maybe in the, that kind of setting as well? Oh, yeah, that's a fun one. Um <laughs> So most of my experiences overall, they weren't negative per se. They were just kind of unhelpful, which sucks, but it's also kind of be, to be expected. But I, I do have several negative things that happen. Like there's a few things that immediately come to mind, mostly in the realm of doctors just not believing me or then implying that it's some kind of personal fault of mine, like laziness or my diet or lack of exercise. A few of them kind of got rude. Like there was, there was a cardiologist I was seeing and I had started seeing him because of the way that I had started having dizzy spells and fainting. We thought it could be some kind of dysautonomia. I was hoping that we could do some diagnostic tests. The first couple of appointments went okay. 
And I think it was the third appointment where I was, we were going to go over some labs and I come in there and the doctor walks in. And so I start to tell him about how I had actually gone to see a chronic fatigue syndrome specialist in Los Angeles pretty recently. And just mid sentence, he looks straight at me and he goes, ugh, you know, working here gives me chronic fatigue syndrome. Can you give me a referral to this guy? So I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Wow. Unexpected. Um, we go over the, uh, the labs. There's nothing there, which by that point wasn't surprising. And then he starts to leave. So I'm like, well, hold on. Like, you know, I'm having these symptoms, like uh, fainting and like, this is kind of alarming. Like, can we do something about this? And he goes, drink water. And he starts to leave again. So I say, well, hold on. Like I actually only drink water. That's literally the only thing I drink. And he goes, well, drink more. And then he left. So that was, that was one experience. It was just completely unhelpful. And he just had this attitude issue. Um, and then the, the other thing I can think of is around the same time I'd gone to see my primary care doctor about the same issues. And I had asked if insurance might cover something like a wheelchair because, you know, fainting and collapsing can be dangerous. And they said, sure, you know, I, I think so. We'll look into it. But later on, when I was looking at the, uh, the notes for this appointment, um, they had written in, in something like a uh, patient asked about a wheelchair, but they don't need it because they were spotted walking in the doctor's office which was, was kind of weird because like, first of all, the phrasing, like I was spotted walking, like it was something that I was trying to hide from them. Yeah. That's very different. I'm really surprised that they would put that, especially in the notes that you can see. That's really, um, kind of uh, off-putting, very off-putting. Yeah. It was so weird. And I think overall, um, dealing with the healthcare system, the, the frustrating part is that the whole process takes just so much time and energy which sucks when you already feel like you have less than most people do. Uh, there's like the doctor's appointments, the phone calls, um, managing insurance and referrals and schedules. There's travel costs and travel time. Um, so to, to spend many years of that, going to several different doctors and specialists per month, just all over the state trying to figure this out. And the only thing I got in response was, either inconclusive results or like attitude issues from doctors was just really demoralizing. It just felt like it was kind of all for nothing. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear about your past experience with this. And unfortunately, I've actually heard a lot of cases in which doctors have seemed dismissive of, um, you know, patient symptoms and all this stuff, which should not be the case at all. They should definitely, we, that definitely is a huge concern in the healthcare today. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, is there? So whenever you got the diagnosis, did you, did anybody reach out to you to say, did they give you um, any information, referrals to support groups or kind of what it, what was your experience after that? Like, I know you talked about your diagnosis in the beginning, but what, you know, I didn't know if maybe a doctor was like, oh, here's your diagnosis. That's what you live with. Um, is there, was there any support groups or anything of that nature? Um, also any information that was handed to you? Uh, nope. Um, basically all I got was the diagnosis. And even then it was like the most half-hearted diagnosis. It was kind of like, well, we've tested for 
pretty much everything we can think of. So this is the only thing left, like, good luck. That, that was anything after that, like therapy or any kind of support I, I had to kind of look for on my own. Yeah. Were you able to find the support um, you needed? You know, I know that there's support groups for different conditions. I didn't know if there might be one. I know there's Facebook groups, um, maybe something of that nature, but um, were you able to find the support and was it accessible to find or did you kind of have to like look pretty hard? Um, I, I kind of had to look pretty hard. I wasn't exactly sure what I was looking for at first. Most of the good support groups that I found are more non-traditional. So like I tried going to therapy first and I, I feel like a lot of the therapists just didn't really understand how to, how to deal with this issue. Um, so finding support groups online, which is I think where you're going to find most of these um, places like Facebook or even Reddit, like those were some of the most valuable communities I found. Yeah. Um, is So assuming with these support groups, do you know other people with the same experiences that have had chronic fatigue syndrome um, as well? And kind of um, were you able to relate to them in some way? And how was that for you as well? Yeah, it was, it was interesting because before I got the diagnosis and even for a short while after, I'm kind of the only person in most of my friend circles to have this. But after I started going to the support groups and stuff, I, I made other friends who did have this. And it's it has been really helpful because we can talk about our experiences and share our knowledge and tips for dealing with the healthcare system and stuff like that. But um, yeah, for, for a while, until I purposefully sought out other people with it, like I was the only person in most of my friend groups to have anything like this. How did that kind of change your experience? You know, I know you mentioned high school, you weren't able to do sports as much, but also how did that also change your experience? You know, you being the only one that had this syndrome, were your friends kind of understanding about it? Did anything change in your, I mean, I know your day-to-day -day life has obviously been affected, but how did that change among your peers? Um, so luckily most people, most of my friends have been really supportive, even if they didn't know what was going on. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that not too much has changed in like my social situation in terms of like losing relationships and stuff. I know that's something that happens with a lot of people. Um, it still has been kind of a challenge though, because it's, you know, it's harder to keep up with relationships. I can't go out and see people as often, um, and, you know friends are understanding, but I think to some extent, it still kind of changes the dynamic of those friendships. You might lose some of that closeness, or they might be really supportive at first, but when things don't get better, they might get kind of tired of it. It's, yeah, over the long term, it's, it's kind of a challenge. Yeah, I definitely can see how um, that might, you know, be a challenge and how that might affect some aspects of your social life. Um, are there any other aspects, you know, that you think that the syndrome has affected as well? Um, gosh. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of everything, because, you know, I look, I look back to where I was before I got this and how much I was doing compared to now, 
and how little I'm able to do despite how much I want to do still. Um, it, it, I've got this weird feeling of like being trapped in my own body and not being able to do any of those things anymore. And like these years of my life are slipping away. So it's like, there's a lot of mental health stuff to juggle. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been pretty wild. Yeah, I can definitely see how it might take a toll. I'm really sorry that, you know, all this is going on for you right now. Um, is there something you wish people understood about the condition? Because before I read your article, I honestly did not know about it. And, you know, I've been recently really wanting to learn more about chronic pain because I had a friend that did suffer from chronic another chronic pain illness. And, you know, it's very something that I feel like a lot of people do not know about and don't have the proper information about. Is there anything that you kind of wish maybe general population might want to know about this syndrome that you feel like isn't really talked about as much? Oh yeah. Gosh, I feel like I could probably talk about that for hours. Um, the first thing I'd say probably is that it's a, it's a pretty miscon common misconception that it's something that's like psychosomatic. Um, so I would say that this is something that's not just in your head. It's not something that a good diet or exercise or hydration or supplements or yoga or meditation can help. Most of us who have this have already tried all those things or most of those things. In, in many cases, exercise specifically can be outright harmful and it will increase your limitations and make your symptoms worse. And I think one thing that's pretty common, even in the healthcare industry is to suggest that like, you know, just, just get more exercise that'll help. And it, it kind of does the opposite in the vast majority of cases. Um, I would say also that there are just like with many other chronic conditions, there are good days and there are bad days. And I would ask people not to judge me or anyone else with this condition by our good days. Symptoms can vary wildly in severity. So there are some days where I'm able to go out and run errands or I can get some work done at home. Um, but there are other days where I'm just lying in bed all day, half conscious for no real discernible reason. Um, and finally, because this is a disease of exclusion and because it's so hard to figure out, there are a lot of different symptoms and comorbidities. So it, it, it does make it harder to track down the problem. And if you're just getting started trying to get a diagnosis, it can have you pursuing false leads for a while. And it also kind of sucks because it, it kind of increases the odds that people will think you're faking it. If you're talking about all these different and seemingly disconnected or random symptoms. It's so like, I know sometimes if I start feeling something new, I feel wary about telling people because I feel like they'll be like, what do you mean you're getting migraines now? You've already been feeling like these 17 other things. Like, how is that possible? Um, but it is possible uh, for all those things to be related. So that's something to keep in mind if you're someone who knows someone with chronic fatigue syndrome, or if you're pursuing that diagnosis for yourself, that's, it's definitely possible. 
Yeah, those are all so helpful, um, you know, to the general public. I definitely, you know, I didn't know that much information about it and I still don't. I would love to, you know, learn more about it and also other chronic pain illnesses as well. I think that they normally don't really get heard in a general population. Um, is there, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said you started noticing symptoms when you were in high school? Uh, yeah, early high school about then. Okay. Yeah. So did, I'm curious as to whether, did your symptoms get worse over time um, or did they kind of just stay the same throughout and where kind of is that skill right now? Do you think it's kind of at a stable line right now or um, is it getting kind of progressively in a direction? Um, since it's onset, it's definitely gotten worse. Um, like when it first hit, I was still able to keep up with some of the things I was doing even if I just had to like dial it back a little, but I could still keep up with uh, some of the sports and volunteering and extra studying that I was doing. Um, right now, I think it's hit a point where it's kind of leveled out. I, I don't know what to expect for the future. Uh, I, I think some people do come out of it, but then also some of those people also experience remission. So it's, it's, kind of hard to know what to expect. I've personally been preparing for like a worst case scenario, but for now, since I think I learned more about how to uh, pace myself and, you know, not exacerbate the symptoms, it, it's kind of leveled out by this point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, did you know anybody prior to this condition with any chronic pain conditions or uh, was this kind of all a new concept to you? Um, gosh, it, it was, it was kind of new to me. Um, I knew a few people who had a chronic pain. Most of them had like specific diagnoses though. So they went through like a different diagnostic process. And I also still had that element of like, well, this can never happen to me because like, you know, I'm healthy. I eat well, like I've done everything right. Um, and because it started happening so slowly, I still felt like it actually wasn't happening to me. So looking back, it's, it's much more obvious, but at the time I just, part of me was like, I'm still so separate from this, that it, it was still kind of a surprise. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I have a few st statistics about it um, that I'm just going to mention really quick. So if you're a woman, you're four times more likely to get chronic fatigue syndrome than men. The condition is pretty rare in children, but girls are more likely to develop than boys. And then the illness most often begins in adults age 30 to 50 years old. But as in your case, with teenagers, those between 15, I mean, sorry, 13 and 15 seem to have it most often. Um, I'm really sorry that you had to go through this Um in such a young age, you know, I think that I wasn't curious to know if your school system provided any resources to you. You know, I don't know, because I know that my friend, she also had a chronic pain illness as well during her high school years. And it seemed like teachers were pretty understandable with her, but I wanted to know, curious as to know what your experience was like. Were your teachers pretty understanding of this? Especially, you know, I know you mentioned um, going back to college as well. What was your experience with the school system and support in that way? Yeah, so 
in high school, I was still at a point where I could pretty much manage things on my own. When I went back to college in 2015, I, I definitely needed the support. And luckily, I think pretty much all my professors were, were pretty understanding. So I had that quarter where I missed like the last month and a half of classes, but I was able to stay enrolled. They let me do work, uh, school work from home. Um, there were cases where there were some really old buildings on campus that didn't have elevators. So like any classes that I had on the second floor, they actually moved the entire class, like the first floor. So I wouldn't have to take the stairs. So that was pretty amazing. Um, so going through school specifically, I feel like most people were understanding and luckily, really luckily, I was able to uh, get a lot of the support that I needed. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. You know, I know I've heard a lot of stories with professors maybe not being as understanding, um, whether it, it is for a chronic pain illness or something else. You know, I've had a lot of I've heard a lot of stories that they're not maybe giving the best support that is needed. So I'm glad to hear that you were able to get that in college. Um, so I think that is all the questions I have today. Thank you so, so much for meeting with me, taking the time out of your day. I hope this hopefully reaches the right audience. You know, I want people to know more about chronic pain syndromes, more about chronic pain illnesses. I think that a lot more advocacy needs to be done so that people, you know, I, as the problems you've mentioned also as well, you know, people maybe not believing this, uh, other and other areas of that. I think it's very important to inform the general public. Um, is there any other additional information that I haven't covered or any questions I haven't asked that you would like to address as well? Oh gosh. Um, I'd say in terms of misconceptions, um, this is one that I get a lot. When I say that I have chronic fatigue syndrome, some people will say, oh, you know, I feel tired sometimes too. And when I say fatigue, it's not, it's not like that. This is, this is devastating. <laughs> like I, I had a day recently where I was in bed just all day, half conscious. Uh, it's like that feeling when you wake up from an afternoon nap and you don't know what time it is or where you are and you're just groggy and everything's miserable. It's like that. But, but all the time, that's like the level of fatigue that we're talking about. And my case is, is only pretty moderate, I'd say. So it also does get a lot worse. And um, finally, if there is anyone out there who thinks they might have chronic fatigue syndrome um, and they're interested in pursuing this, I would say that a couple of the things that I learned were most important were first, learn to be your own advocate. So be confident in what you're experiencing and how it affects your life. You're going to have a gauntlet of labs that come back looking good and tests that don't find anything or doctors that don't believe you. And it's going to wear you down and it's going to make you doubt yourself. And fortunately or unfortunately, you're the only one who has the power to push back against that. So that means finding new doctors or fighting with insurance and sticking it out because it's, it's a long process. It being a diagnosis of exclusion means that it takes a, a very long time to rule things out. And also document everything you can. There's no such thing as too much documentation, especially if you're looking for a diagnosis to get things like accommodations in school or to pursue something like 
a disability claim. Um, so I would say write down a list of symptoms that you experience, document what bad, good, and average days look like for you, um, keep track of anything that seems to make the symptoms better or worse. So different foods, sleep schedules, exercise, whatever. Um, if you really want to go for it, you can ask for written statements from uh, friends or coworkers or teachers or whatever uh, that talk about how they notice how chronic fatigue syndrome affects you. So yeah, getting all that documentation together from the start or from an early stage can really help you navigate all the difficulties that you're gonna get through. Yes, thank you so much for those thoughts and final thoughts. And again, thank you so much for talking about your experience with the syndrome. Um, I really, really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this with me today. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Of course, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.